0: Good morning, family. Man, I didn't want them to stop singing. Amen. Amen. What a powerful time. Let's praise God for the opportunity (laughs) to worship him through singing. Good morning. My name is Nick. And uh, I want to welcome all of you all to BT Church this weekend. Uh, So glad that you spent part of your weekend with us. If this is your first time in the room Or online, we want you to know that you're very important to us. You're our VIP. So, BT family, give our VIP some love. (laughs) If you text the word BTVIP to the number 97000, that gives uh, someone from our staff an opportunity to reach back out to you, pray with you, answer any questions you may have about our church. And we would love, we would love to have uh, the chance to do that. Love. Uh, to have the opportunity to help you along your spiritual journey. Uh, before we get into the word, and uh, if you want to beat me, um, turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, that's where we'll be working this morning. We'll we'll be there in a while, but if you want to beat me there, go ahead to John chapter 10. Uh, before we get into our word, we want to celebrate life change and spiritual decisions, and so far this year, I mean, the year just started, but so far this year, we celebrate 11 people have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through the ministry of BT Church, and three people have gone public with their faith in the waters of baptism. So far this year, we celebrate that, and if you would like to be baptized this morning, we can set that up. We have shorts, we have shirts, we have towels, we have water. We even got somebody that will dunk you. We just need you. And uh, if you would like to to take us up on that, visit our welcome center. They will help you. You ain't even got to wait to invitation time. You want to get back, go right now. Move right now. And we would love to facilitate that uh, this morning, facilitate baptisms. It's important. We're in a series at the top of the year, uh, and we have entitled that series Trellis and Vine." Trellis and Vine, and we're talking about uh, how Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and how we are to live connected lives to the vine so that we can bear much fruit. Last week, Pastor Chris, he talked about the truth that we are free to flourish, that, that when we are saved and when we are transformed by Jesus, Jesus wants us to grow, to flourish, to live fruitful lives that bring him glory. And uh, this morning, we are going to talk about an important an important tool that helps facilitate that growth. And and so uh, before we talk about that, join me in prayer. Uh, we're going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to preach a little bit. Then you can go home and fire up the pit, okay? <laughs> Just like you to know what we're doing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you. God, we thank you that we have worshiped you through singing and, and giving and gathering together with the saints. Now we prepare to worship you through the hearing and preaching of your word. It's my prayer. For the next few minutes, by the power of the Holy Spirit, let your word be clearly communicated. Let Jesus Christ, the vine, our author and finisher of our faith, let Jesus be highly exalted. Let your people be beautifully blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1931, modern Christian martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer returned back to Germany from a time studying in America. When he left Germany, the Nazis were small but vocal. When he returned back to Germany, the Nazis were gaining in power, and two years later, Hitler was installed as Chancellor of Germany. Bonhoeffer then joined a community of Christians known as the Confessing Church. And he and some other leaders of the Confessing Church, they then started to train pastors and train other leaders to live out their Christian faith in this rising chaotic culture that they had found themselves in, and they started what is known as the Underground Seminary. And to push back the darkness, 67 students, along with Bonhoeffer, they decided to live together. They decided to come together and build a rule of life around the sacred rhythms of prayer, scripture, devotion, and hard work. In a letter written to one of his contemporaries, Bonhoeffer was mentioning to them the the scope of the work of the seminary. And he mentioned several purposes of the seminary. And this is what he said. He said the seminary, uh, one purpose was to learn how to read the Bible. Another purpose of the seminary was to learn how to live out their Christian beliefs in the midst of a chaotic and crisis-filled culture defend their Christian faith. And another purpose of the seminary was to learn how to pray. And so what they did was they they intentionally built an intense rule of life to help them grow and stand firm in their faith. And they begin to receive some pushback uh, from, from outsiders and others as, as they looked at their intensity, as they looked at their intentionality, and this is what Bonhoeffer responded. He said, what we're doing at the seminary has to be stronger than what Hitler is doing in forming his army. We have to raise up a generation of Christians whose formation is stronger than that of the Third Reich. This has to be more powerful than that. And so he and those 70... Those 67 students, they built a rule of life. They came together and they lived out that rule of life. And, and the Christian life had a more powerful influence in their hearts and their lives than the chaotic culture that they lived in. Well, this morning, we want to talk about how we can intentionally build a rule of life that does the same for us. Now, when you hear rule of life, just know that this is an ancient Christian practice. And those of us familiar with church history, if you're familiar with church history or uh, if you come from a, a Catholic background, you may or may not uh, be familiar with the rule of life. But, but when we hear rule of life, if you're familiar with church history, many of us associate that with monks and monasteries. Old guys, right? <laughs> Well, when the monks in the monastery, when they thought of the rule of life, what they thought of was Jesus as divine and how they could intentionally build their lives to stay connected to him. And so when we talk about this rule, it it is important. It's not rules, but But it is a rule of life, how we will will intentionally build and organize our lives so that we continually stay connected to Jesus. That that word rule in Latin is regular, and it means a straight piece of wood, a trellis, if you will, that, that is to connect the vine and the branches to support and facilitate Growth. It is not meant to stifle, but it is meant to create a pathway for healthy and sustained growth. That's what a trellis is. C.S. Lewis, he said this. He said, too many people fool around with sex, drinking, and ambition and ignore infinite joy. And here's why building a rule of life is important. Because while it may provide structure, yes, while it does provide support, yes, what it does is it shapes our heart so that we grow in the direction of the love of God. Are you with me? Because we grow in the direction of our joy and our love. We grow in the direction of our joy and our love. And we need support to help us grow. How many people need support? Hey, Amen, I know I need it. I know I need it. And think about your own life. Think about your own life. When you got big and bad enough to do what you wanted to do and you cast it off restraint and, and you didn't live with, with, with no rule, no structure, no support, how did that work out for you? you y'all, y'all feel what I'm saying? I, I ain't trying to get in your business, so I'm gonna talk about me. <laughs> As a child, sometimes you know when you, when you don't agree with with what your parents did, and I and I get it. My mom had to have structure. She raised four of us in D.C. single parent. By God's grace, I made it. Amen. But sometimes mom tell you no, and you can't do certain things. And I don't know if you said this. I know I said this, but 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 I said when I grow up. <laughs> I'm going fill in the blank. How many of y'all done filled in the blank? Amen. Some of y'all done already filled in the blank. Amen. Praise God you're here. You said when I grow up, I'm going to fill in the blank. And your fill in the blank meant doing whatever you were big and bad enough to do. And it didn't help you grow in God, did it? I, I know. That's why we're here. <laughs> But the good news of the gospel is this. Jesus forgives us of our past. He redeems us from our past. And he gives us the opportunity to pursue him as he pursues us in love. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And so creating a rule of life helps us grow in our love for Jesus. It helps us experience the fullness of his love for us. And as a result, we bear fruit. As a result, we bear fruit. We live fruitful lives. Pete Scazzaro says this. He says, a rule of life very simply is an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. It provides guidelines to help us continually remember God as the source. Without intentionality, we eventually become unfocused, distracted, and adrift spiritually. In other words, what a rule of life does is through intentionality, it keeps us focused spiritually. Thank you Pastor Danny, and directionally. Pastor Danny said this, it keeps us focused spiritually and directionally because here's what I've noticed in life. maybe you've noticed this too. you can never drift up. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever drifted up? I've tried. It don't happen, right, you know. You never drift up. We always drift down. You will never coast up. You will always coast down. This is why we need a rule of life to help structure our lives, to keep us tethered to Christ so that we grow in the direction of the son of his grace and blossom and bloom and flourish and bear more fruit. What happens when you coast? Two things happen when you coast. You slow down and you go down. That's what happens. When you coast, you slow down and you go down. And so a rule of life helps us to build our lives, intentionally organizing our lives Through practices and rhythms, everybody say practices Practices. and rhythms that help us abide in Jesus. You got to keep coming back to hear more about the practices. I'm just talking about the concept of the rule this morning. But they are spiritual practices all throughout the scriptures, prayer, scripture reading, fasting, right, solitude, all of those. We'll we'll talk about those as you continue to come back. We ain't going to give it to you all in one you know, we're going to do y'all like Netflix do you. <laughs> like, man, they dropped two shows. I got to wait a whole other week for the next one. Yes. Come back next week. You get the rest. But those practices and those rhythms in our lives help us grow. And, and here's the truth. Some of us, we have a rule of life. We aren't intentional with it yet. Like some of us have the practice of gathering with the saints. And what's our rhythm for gathering with the saints? Some of us do it every Sunday. Y'all see what I'm saying? So, So so we're not foreign, we're not foreign to this idea, but we aren't, some of us aren't intentional in these practices and rhythms. Because as we build a rule of life, what what is it going to do for us? It's going to keep us from a lack of focus. It's going to keep us from distractions. It's going to keep us from spiritually coasting so that we stay tethered to the vine. And we flourish as a result. Now, how do we go about building a rule of life? You ask all the right questions. We go about building a rule of life by number one. Not making the rule of life our focus. Jesus is our focus, right? A rule of life must be centered on Jesus. Pete Scazzaro, he also says this, the starting point and foundation of any rule is a desire to be with God and to love God. Jesus is the focus. The trellis, it does not exist for itself. The trellis has a focus, and the focus of the trellis ain't the trellis. The focus of the trellis is divine to support the growth Of the vine and the branches. Are you with me? And so we don't start off focusing on the trust. No, we focus on our love for Jesus. We focus on his love for us. And we focus on wanting to grow deeper in that, grow closer to him, grow, grow stronger in our relationship with God. If you don't have that desire, if we don't have that desire, we wouldn't want to be intentional. Wouldn't want to be intentional about crafting a rule of life. And so we must start being centered on Jesus, focusing on Jesus. Many of the ancient rules of life from 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 some of the saints of, of, of church history, they they start off and they talk about. Crafting a rule of life so that we can live in a deeper experience of the love of God and, and hearing his voice clear. It's, it's really beautiful. So we go about building a rule of life centered on Jesus. How else do we build a rule of life? It's got to be crafted by you. It's your life. Right? Yes. <laughs> It's your life. It's got to be personal. It's got to be crafted by you. Consider your stage of life. Consider your schedule, right? A, a retired person with, with, with uh, free time on their hands, an empty nester, their rule of life and their rhythms and some of their practices, they're going to look very different than a nurse that has three 12-hour shifts a week. Are you with me? My rule of life in vocational ministry is going to look very differently from a person that may work in the oil field. Right? Not better, but different. And so that means that how we craft our rule of life is going to be different as we both, as we all, pursue Jesus Christ. And so it has to be crafted by you. Don't compare yourself to other people. If they can read 12 chapters a day and you can only read one and a half, commit to that one and a half. Amen. Don't compare yourself because when we compare, what happens when we compare? When we compare, it can lead to feelings of inadequacy instead of us focusing on advancing in our relationship. Are you with me? Pastor Danny shared that. It was so powerful when he shared it. I said I'm going to steal it. (laughs) When we compare ourselves, what fills our heart? Not confidence but shame. I don't pray like they pray, praying. I don't, I've been there. I, 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 I'm, I'm recovering from that. Amen. It's got to be crafted by you. You don't have to compare yourself. Because guess what? When we stand before God, God is not going to ask me about y'all's relationship with him. Now, some of y'all are like, Pastor Nick, you don't know the Bible. The scriptures say God going to hold you accountable. Yeah, he's going to hold me to account of what I taught. You and I faithfully taught y'all jokers to build a rule of life. Amen. That's what I'm going to tell them. I'm going to say, Jesus, I taught them how to build a rule. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I taught them Jesus. This, <laughs> they was wilding when you saved them. You know that. I'm going to tell them. But it's got to craft, be crafted by you. It's got to be personal. It's not cut and paste. You can't cut and paste this. And on our website, if you go to bt.church ruleoflife rule we have several resources there to help you intentionally craft your own rule of life. Now, here are some guidelines as you go about crafting your rule of life. It needs to be simple enough so that we can remain consistent. Simple enough so that we can remain consistent. Don't overcomplicate your rule of life, okay? If you don't know how to read Greek or Hebrew, don't put I'm going to learn Greek or Hebrew just to read the Bible. (laughs) Just start by reading the Bible, amen. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? If you can't pray for 15 minutes, Don't start by saying, I'm going to pray 12 hours a day. No, keep it it simple so you can stay consistent. Say, at least I'm going to say grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say grace. but, But it needs to be simple enough so we can remain consistent. It needs to be creative enough so that we remain engaged. Creative enough so that we remain engaged. And it needs to be flexible enough so that we remain growing. Because here's what I do. When I latch hold of something, I get real comfortable. And here's the thing about comfort. You can stay comfortable and stop growing. And so as we walk with Jesus and as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, he may call us to change something. He may call us, he say, hey, yeah, I know you started off praying for 15 minutes, but you've been walking with me now for 15 months. So maybe now you pray 15 minutes, but I'm going to call you to wake up at 2 in the morning and pray for those 15 minutes. Some of y'all are like, Jesus, don't give me that word. <laughs> he might. But we got to stay flexible enough so that we remain growing, our rule of life, here it is, our rule of life will remain a work in progress because we are. You hear me? It will remain a work in progress because we are. Mom, don't feel guilty if, if, if you can't, you know, do all those little Bible reading plans that you see all your girlfriends putting up and all of this other stuff and you can't do that. You're just trying to keep your children from not dying. That might be in your rule, keep these jokers alive <laughs> and in church, do that, keep them alive and in church. Do that and then, as they grow up and leave, then you'll be able to you know go to all the Bible studies and do all that stuff. That may not be your that may not be your station of life right now you, you, you see what I'm saying and so as we as we think of. Crafting our rule of life. Got to be centered on Jesus. Got to be crafted by you. And then it must be comprehensive. It must encompass every area of our lives. It must encompass the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, relational, financial, intellectual. Involve it all because we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart Soul, mind, and strength. God wants our love for him to be expressed in every area of our lives, not just a corner of our lives on Sunday. Are you with me? And so it must be comprehensive. It must include our heart, our our spiritual growth, right, Our, our inner world. It must include our head, our study habits, our goals, scripture, memory, right. It must include our hands, how we work and how we rest, how we steward our bodies. It must include our home, our family, relationships, finances. And then y'all got to pray for Pastor Nick. I couldn't think of another H. So I just said, it got to include your hood. Y'all pray for me. I just, (laughs) I know, I just, I'm a preacher and I didn't want to mess the H's up. Okay, so it got to include your hood. (laughs) your friends, your church, your your neighbors, your community, right? As we build a rule of life, it must encompass all of these things because, because here's what I know about a fully formed follower of Jesus. A fully formed follower of Jesus will live a transformed life, and that transformed life will impact the world around them. Now some of y'all, I, I hear you. I hear you. You're like, this is all well and good, but you ain't taught no Bible. And I would say, I'm glad that you said that. Because you shouldn't go to churches that don't teach Bible. So meet me in John chapter 10. Now some of y'all should already be there. I told y'all 40 minutes ago (laughs) to get there. (laughs) But why should I build a rule of life. We've gone into what it is, we've gone into how to do it. Why should we do it? Because we aren't a we aren't a self-help organization. No, the church of the living God exists to glorify God. We want to build people to live transformed lives that glorify God. And in John chapter 10, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus says this. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Verse 7, Jesus got to make it plain. Jesus said again, truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All Who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Why do we need to build a rule of life? Here it is, number one, the fulfillment of life. Jesus wants us to live fulfilled, abundant lives. And and here's the thing about the abundant life of Jesus. It is already provided for those of us who have placed our faith in him. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, you are missing out on abundant life. And everybody that follows Jesus, re- regardless of the possessions that we have, earthly possessions, we possess abundant life right now. It's not, it's not waiting for heaven. We have the abundant life right now. It is already yours. It is already ours in Christ Jesus. And practicing the rule of life, it helps us experience the fulfillment of life. Because here's the thing, we already possess it, but some of us are not experiencing it because we don't have an intentional support structure in our lives so that we grow up in the abundant life. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but uh, have you ever had an aha moment where something just clicked? Like you, been, you were struggling in school and, and and you put a little, you know, you, you put a little more diligence in and then after a while it just clicked. Anybody ever had that? Or you were at work trying to learn a new concept and you didn't know and you were like, this is stupid. But then after a while you stayed with it and it just clicked. Well, what happened? You didn't get more brains, did you? Did you get more brains? No. God blessed you with the brain you had. What happened is you finally used. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. You finally used what God gave you. That's what happened. Right? It's not like you got more brains. No, no, no. What you did was you, through through diligence and intentionality and commitment, you, you begin to unlock what God had already provided for you. Are you with me? That's why we need to build a rule of life. And to experience the fulfillment of life, it it involves having the appropriate filters in life. Jesus says, I'm the gate. And what that means is Jesus is saying, everything in your life must either enter or exit through me. I, I should be the filter. And I know this generation loves filters. We know about filters. Here's what I found out about filters, though. And maybe y'all, maybe y'all agree, maybe, maybe you don't. But here's what I found out about filters. Filters are not just about the eyes. <laughs> filters reveal something deeper about the heart. Let me see if I can come down your street. Like, like some of us are always using those young filters on our pictures. Not because that's how we actually look, but because in our hearts we feel young at heart and we want people to see us that way. Are you with me? Yeah. But the fulfillment of life, it goes beyond the eyes and it goes deeper to the heart. And and, and here's the thing, we don't need to live our lives trying to have a picture-perfect filter for other people's gaze and ignore the gaze of the one who called us to himself. Jesus says, I'm the gate. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. It's filtered. It's a filter. My people, my sheep know my voice. It's a filter. (laughs) And could it be that we don't recognize the voice of Jesus because we don't have a support structure in place to help us grow in recognizing his voice? Are you with me? It's a hard thing. Every parent In here, you can hear a million children yelling and screaming, but let your child say something, you know it. And how do you know their voice? You know their voice because there's a heart connection that has been cultivated, and you know their voice. And Jesus is saying, guess what? My children, my sheep, they know my voice. A stranger they will not follow. It's The appropriate filter. (laughs) Building a rule of life helps us filter the voice of God. It also helps us acknowledge and be aware of the thief, right? Because Jesus said, I'm not the only one in, in this picture. There's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And how many of us have had the thief come in our life to take to kill and to destroy. There's many of us here, right? You know what I found? I found that the thief can use my lack of discipline and my lack of a rule, that the thief can use my phone as a thief. (laughs) Anybody else? Anybody else your phone is a thief? When you think about it. Like we'd be like, man, I just don't have time to pray. And then at the end of the day, Apple, tell all your business, be like, you've been on <laughs> your phone for 37 hours today. It's 24 in a day. <laughs> you Tell all your business. You'd be like, man, I just don't have time to read the Bible. Like, you picked up your phone 7,000 times a day. I mean, you know, Apple will tell your business. That's why you need an Android, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but I realized my phone is a thief. And I was reading an article this week. Praise the Lord! I gotta go. I was reading a, I was reading an article this week, and it was entitled "Why We Can No Longer Read." Fascinating article. It was written by uh, a guy. He he owns a publishing house. He he's his life is books. But he was even lamenting the fact that he is finding it increasingly difficult to complete books. And and I started reading that book, I started reading that article because I used to read a lot of books, and now I'm finding it more difficult to complete books. And and he started talking about the phone, and, and this is what he said about the phone. He said, our phone consistently keeps us connected to the new. And this is what he said. He said, new information creates a rush of dopamine in the brain, a neurotransmitter that makes you feel good. The promise of new information compels your brain to continually seek out that dopamine rush. And on our phones, it's new notifications, new emails, new news, just a constant barrage of new. And we are held captive by the new. I'm talking about myself. I am held captive by the new. Here's the thing. God is dope. He's not against dopamine. He created it. But, but what if the new thing that God wants to do in our lives is on the other side of building a healthy rule that filters what God wants to do, his voice and the enemy and his purpose? What if God wants to do a new thing on the other side of us building a healthy rule of life, of us building consistency, not just held captive by what's new, but held captive by what is true. Because guess what? You can feel good and not live good. <laughs> Dopamine helps us feel good. It don't always help us live good. Amen. Y'all quiet. <laughs> but we need to build a rule of life for the fulfillment of of life. Here's why we also need to build a rule of life. We need to build a rule of life so that we faithfully follow. Jesus says this. He says that guess what? My sheep know my voice. They will never follow a stranger. Think about that. Jesus says when people's hearts are tuned to my voice, they won't follow a stranger because the stranger ain't me. This is why we've got to cultivate a rule of life and sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit because how many of us know that the enemy can transform himself as an angel of light? The enemy knows how to say good stuff occasionally. Amen. This is what happened when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Satan began to quote scripture, the very words of God. He created. He, he began to quote words from the Bible. But guess what? You can quote words from the Bible and they don't reflect and echo the voice of Jesus. (laughs) And Jesus says, hey, my sheep not going to follow a stranger. And so we need to cultivate a rule of life because when we follow, here it is, when we follow, we are in constant movement toward what we're following. And a trellis helps to keep vines and branches off of the ground so that they can stay in position to receive the rays of the sun and the nutrients of the soil. But it wants to continue to grow up because bearing fruit is heavy. (laughs) Bearing fruit takes a toll. We can't bear more fruit without support. Are y'all with me still? In Philippians chapter 3, this is what the Apostle Paul says as he looked and recounted his life before Christ and after Christ. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law of Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. The Apostle Paul says, nobody's ice was colder than mine. He says, I I had a resume. TMZ couldn't come up with no dirt on me. I had it all. But look at what he says in verse 7. He says, but everything that was a gain to me, I have considered it to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Paul says, guess what? Because I am so committed to following Jesus, everything that I lost in my life, didn't stop me from following Jesus. Do y'all see that? That's good right there. That's powerful right there. Because how many of us, if we lost everything, how many of us, our relationship with Jesus would be negatively impacted? I knew it would get quiet right there. You can hear rat licking ice right there. You hear how (laughs) quiet that is? You hear how quiet that is? If how many of us, and I'm I'm sure I'm asking myself this, if we lost everything, how many of us it would negatively impact our relationship with Jesus? Here's why we need a rule of life because we faithfully follow. So that we follow in the direction of his love for us, our love for him. And nothing that we lose can take Jesus away from us. Are you with me? Paul would go on to say, I will let nothing separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I got to fly. But this goes deeper than New Year's resolutions. Paul says... I wanted to follow Jesus and I want to know Jesus and I I want to stay connected to Jesus and I'm not going to let everything that I lost distract me or disconnect me from Jesus. He goes on to say, Because of Christ, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them as dung so that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that is based on faith. Paul says, my faith in Christ Jesus is so important to me. That I won't let the possessions of life or the prestige of life or the pursuits of this world disconnect me or distract me from knowing Christ. I won't let my own resume. Paul says, even my own resume, I consider it as rubbish because I want to know Jesus. Good God Almighty. How many of us want to know him like that? God, you could take my reputation. You could take this stuff. Amen. Some of y'all already tried to give him your husband and your kids. He won't take them though, because he, you know, he's like, "Nah, I gave you them." <laughs> Paul says, "I want to know." Jesus, I I love that they sang that song. I want to know you. But why else should we build a rule of life? I'm closing. We need to build a rule of life so that we finish well. We need to build a rule of life so that we finish well. The commitment to practice the rule of life, it is not just so that we feel good about our Christian walk. No, it is so that we can finish well in our Christian walk, growing up in the love of God. And I mean, think about it. Really, really think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. We we see marriages all the time. They, they don't last. And I have yet to meet a couple when I do premarital counseling, when i I've yet to meet a couple. They sit across from me and they say, Pastor Nick, we only want this to last about two years. <laughs> I never, I, they never say that. Every time they sit across from me, everybody is so teetotally in love and you the apple of my eye and all, And y'all spend, We spend all this money. And, and I mean, it's, everybody has a lot of energy for their first day together and don't put in the work for the last day together. Nobody starts out saying, I don't want to finish. But here's the thing. If we're going to finish, we need some support. Amen. If we're going to finish, we got to be intentional. Right? If we're going to finish, we have to stay connected to the vine and respond to the love of God and respond with our love for Him in commitment and devotion and discipleship and intentionality and intensity if we're going to finish well. You know, it's important that we finish well because when we look at the life that God provides for us, not only is it abundant life, but it's eternal life. Are you with me? It's eternal life. Like when God saves us, He wants—that means He wants to be with us forever. And I will go Sandlot on you and say forever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pastor Eugene Peterson. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Pastor Eugene Peterson, for the title of his book, he borrowed a phrase from German philosopher. Frederick Nietzsche, and and this is the phrase, a long obedience in the same direction. (laughs) A long obedience in the same direction. You know what building a a rule of life is going to help us live out? It's going to help us live out a long obedience in the same direction. In that book, Eugene Peterson, he says this, all cultures throw certain stumbling blocks in the way of those who pursue gospel realities. All cultures throw stumbling blocks in the way of those who pursue gospel realities. And guess what? Our culture is no different. Every day we wake up, there are stumbling blocks thrown in our path that want to prevent us from living out the gospel and living in the love of God. But here's the thing. Those stumbling blocks only have the power that we give it. No weapon form shall prosper, right? We like that on cups and mugs and shirts. We need to live it out in our lives. <laughs> and you know how a weapon form won't prosper? Is if we intentionally and consciously build a rule that says, hey, no matter what comes in my life, I'm not going to let that take my relationship with Jesus. And so this series, Trellis and the Vine, we want to f- draw on the ancient practices of our brothers and sisters in, in the history of the church that, that, that crafted rules of life. We draw on their wisdom, but remember what I said. We can't cut and paste. We, we're, we're not going to copy, cut, and paste. No, we're not going to do that. But we're going to draw on their wisdom and build a rule of life for our time, for, for our day to day. And as we pursue finishing well, here's something that a rule of life helps us with. It helps us with choosing discipline over motivation. Discipline over motivation. How many of us know that motivation is temporary and fickle? You want to know why? Because a whole lot of us are motivated right now just because it's the new year. Right? Right? That's why I ain't been to the gym yet. I'm waiting for everybody to give me my machine. No, I ain't been to the gym because I'm not motivated. Amen. That's why I haven't been. <laughs> but we must choose discipline over motivation. Motivation does not last. It helps light a flame, but it doesn't keep the flame going. Discipline keeps the flame going. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Angela Duckworth, she says this. She says... Enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. Enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. How many of us, we say, you know what, I was going to pray today, but I didn't feel like going. I ain't feel like praying. That's motivation. Discipline says whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to talk to my God. Motivation says, you know what, I'm not going to join the gathering this morning. I may or may not watch my brother's worship on the stream. I might join the stream. I'm not going to throw myself into worship, an embodied experience, because I just don't feel like making it out today. That's motivation. You don't feel like you're not motivated. Discipline says, I will not forsake the assembly. Because I know this is forming me. This is helping me in my relationship with God. Are y'all with me? The Apostle Paul, he spoke to this discipline. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. The Apostle Paul says, I train my life in intentionality. That's what building a rule of life is. It's us intentionally going after Jesus, the one who intentionally pursued us. Lastly, I'm done. I'm closing my Bible. Remember what I said that the rule of life is not the focus, our God is the focus. But in closing, Eugene Peterson says another amazing thing. He says this, our lives are lived well only when they are lived on the terms of their creation. I love that because how can we finish well if we haven't lived well? How can you finish well if you haven't lived well? Old preacher used to say it like this. He said, don't expect God to say well done. If you don't want to do well. Now, I know our salvation is based on what Jesus has done. That work is finished, yes. How we experience that finished work of Jesus, guess what? We have a part to play in that, yes. Eugene Peterson says, our lives are lived well only when they are lived on the terms of their creation. With God loving and us being loved with God making and us being made, with God revealing and us understanding, with God commanding and us responding. And when we build a rule of life, guess what? That helps us respond to God's voice. That's all I got. That's my time. That's my Sunday school lesson. Amen. Let's give God praise. I know, it's, I know it's a little different. I know it's a little different. But if you want to experience things you've never experienced, sometimes you got to do something you've never done. And maybe you're here under the sound of my voice. I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, that sounded fascinating. Uh, uh, having an intentional, organized rule of life to guide my life, that, that's important, but but I don't know Jesus. I don't know him as my Lord and Savior. I I want to encourage you that today can be your day of salvation, that you can trust Jesus by faith. Because in John 10, this is what Jesus goes on to say. He goes on to say not only is he the gate, not only is he the filter, but Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, that means this, that he wants to care for you better than you can care for yourself. He wants to lead you better than you can lead yourself. Jesus also says this, he lays down his life for the sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. In the kingdom of God that's so different than any other kingdom. In earthly kingdoms, the the, the subjects die for the king. But in the kingdom of God, the king dies for his subjects. The shepherd died for us. And if you would like to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head, close your eyes, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning confessing that I need you. I'm lost. I need to be found. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I believe that after dying on the cross for my sins, that Jesus rose on the third day. And this morning, by faith, I give Jesus my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. My life is yours forever amen head still bowed